Good morning. This morning I'm going to talk about dreams, fathers, family, and missions. A short sermon. Well, I hope it won't be too long. I didn't ask my wife how long hers was that I remember. I might have asked her. She told me and I forgot. But anyway. Um, what is a dream? A bizarre episode in the night as you ate pickles at bedtime? Soon forgotten? That's probably not what Pastor Jim has been telling you. I think it's a message imparted by God. It may come as a dream in the night, or it may be an insight that leads to a strong, lasting, God-given conviction and action that God will bless. I've been intrigued by this theme of dreams that we have this year. It seems like just the right year for it for me. And I've been studying about Joseph and Father's Day and his father, Jacob. They were kind of regular people, although Joseph seems a little bit more than regular when I look at him and the places he went or was taken or was put. It's an unvarnished account. Let's look at Joseph first, the son. The story starts out, he's a young man, 17 years old. He's gone out, he's worked with his brothers as a shepherd. Comes back to his father Jacob and, and reports to him. And sometimes it's not all so good. And then his father, it says in the Bible that Jacob loved Joseph more than all his other children. Well, fathers, I don't know that you should love one child more than all the others, but it was kind of a complicated family. Do you remember Jacob going and seeking a wife and seeing Rebecca at the well and watering her sheep and, and going and then working for seven years for Rachel? And then Laban gives him Leah. Not the one he wanted. It was dark, though. And in the morning, he, he sees that he's been, well, he's had a trick played on him. And then he, of course, gets Rachel for a wife, too. And, and Leah has children. Rachel doesn't. And, and on and on it goes. And it's at one point, Rachel says to him, it's killing me. Let me have children. And he says, He's angry. He, it's not me. It's God that's keeping you from having children. So it's a complicated situation. Finally, Rachel has a son. His name is Joseph. And that's the one that Jacob loves more than all his other children. Well, Jacob sends Joseph out to, to check on his brothers and his flocks. And... Before that, Joseph has these dreams, two dreams. One, he and his brothers are out in the field gathering grain into bundles, and his bundle stands up straight, and his brother's bundles all bow down around his, bow down low. And he tells this dream to his brothers. And then he has another dream about the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing low before him. 
He tells that to his brothers. And I think, Joseph, why are you telling that to your brothers? They hate you already. This isn't going to help any. Even his father questioned that. But I've been looking at this in a different light this year. And I think it's good. We need to tell someone our dreams. And in this part, it was it keeps us accountable. It helps us remember what what God has said to us. And it's part of God's plan in this case. PGP, part of God's plan. I'm going to say that again and again and again because it's this is a beautiful story about God working his plan. So Jacob sends Joseph out to see his brothers to check on Jacob's flocks. And they see him coming and they say, let's kill him. We'll see what comes of his dreams then. But Reuben, Reuben's the oldest, the firstborn son, the responsible one, and he knows that if they do this, his dad's going to come down on him, and maybe this isn't such a good idea. He might be angry, but... And so he has an idea how to save Joseph. So we'll put him in a cistern, okay? Not kill him, just, just leave him there. And then we can tell our father some story about him. But at least the blood's not on our hands. And then he goes off to check on the sheep or something, and Judah has another idea as they see these traders or traveling salesmen or whatever coming through the desert with their camels and all. Let's sell him. Get some money for him. And so they sell Joseph to these traders who then take him to Egypt. 20 pieces of silver. PGP, part of God's plan. A year ago, Marla and I were, were home. A year ago, we also went to OMUSA, our sending organization. And it's kind of unusual for me to remember anything that anyone says for a whole year, especially if it's not written down and I just read it. But I remember that we went to a meeting there, and they had a man that was helping them with uh, planning, reorganization for the for the organization, for OMUSA. And I remember him saying that there are two things, two parts that we need to be aware of. There is in our planning or in our lives or in our daily experience the part that we need to do. And there is the part that we need to let God do. And it's very important to, to be aware of the difference and to let God do what is God's to do and for us to do what we are to do and to figure out which is which. Sometimes we have a hard time with. Looking at Joseph, it's good to know that. So, so Joseph's sold into slavery. They take him, they sell him to Potiphar. Now, Potiphar is the captain of the guard for the pharaoh, an important position for Joseph. 
sold by his brothers, hated by his brothers. Here he is, a slave in a foreign country. You know, I never thought that sounded too good. But I noticed something as I was reading that story this year, looking at his dream, looking at God, what God was doing. It sounds sort of like what Marla was saying. It says very clearly, the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. The Lord was with him. You know, it's not a bad thing even to be sold into slavery, even to be serving in an Egyptian's household if the Lord is with you and you succeed in everything you do. So Joseph served. God brought success. Even the crops and the livestock flourished, it says. Potiphar gave him complete administrative responsibility over the household and all of his property. He gave him everything but his wife. Things were going well. In your experience, what happens when things are going really well? Trouble, right? Well, there was this one thing. Now, Joseph, your memory, is a young man. And it says that he was handsome and well-built. Some translations, I think, even have the well-built before the handsome. And in talking with my son, he said that in the Greek Old Testament, which is called the Septuagint, it says that Potiphar was a eunuch. And I know that oftentimes the, the people that worked for the pharaohs were eunuchs. I don't know if this is the case in that situation, but that seems to point to that, which helps us to understand a little bit more maybe why Potiphar's wife was attracted to Joseph. But she was. She saw him and she wanted him. And Joseph made it very clear. Okay, there, there's something to be learned from this situation too. And maybe that's why it happened. But number one, Joseph made it clear that this was not right. He said, Potiphar has trusted me with everything, but you are his wife and you I cannot take. That would be very evil, very wicked. He made that clear. But she kept looking at him. She kept wanting him. She kept trying. He did all he could to avoid her. Number two, he tried to avoid her. But she kept trying. She was persistent. The enemy is persistent sometimes, but God is stronger. And one day, he came into the house to do his jobs in the house that he as a servant had to do. And she had made sure that none of the other servants were there. And she grabs hold of him and says, come to bed with me. And he, he runs. Number three, he ran. Run from temptation. Don't mess around with it. Run from it. Well, she didn't like that. She had his, his coat. She lied to the servants. She lied to her husband. She said, Joseph, that, that servant that you have brought has attacked me, has tried to rape me. Obviously, Potiphar was furious. He throws Joseph in prison. 
I always thought being thrown in prison didn't sound good. Now, I know some people with OM have been put in jail. I know pastors in Laos have been thrown in prison. I've always hoped it wouldn't happen to me. But here again, this time when I'm looking at this story, I see that it says, the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. Maybe it's not so bad to be in prison when the Lord is with you in prison. God can make a bad thing good. The Lord made him a favorite with the prison warden. The warden put him in charge of everything. God's part was the favor. God's part was the presence. Joseph's part was to be there, to do the work, to be faithful. Now, when I think of Joseph's dream, how he um, he was going to be bowed down to, right? But there was a reason for that, and there was a place he was going to be, and there was a big job he was going to have to do to be bowed down. Just a regular little shepherd boy from, from the homeland might not have been prepared for that. So God put him in places that prepared him. So there was preparation in being in charge over all of Potiphar's household. There was preparation in being in charge in prison. The warden trusted him. He had no worries. Joseph was over all the guys in the prison. He was over everything that happened. That's a lot of good experience for somebody that's going to be the second in command to the Pharaoh. God was preparing him. PGP, part of God's plan. Next, we come to the part about the two guys that Pharaoh gets upset with and throws in prison. There's the chief cupbearer and the baker. Well, Joseph's in charge of these guys, too. He's just in the right place at the right time. And he's doing his job, so he notices one morning that that the chief cupbearer and the baker are worried. They're upset. He notices that because he cares for them. He's doing his job. And they tell him, we've had dreams, and nobody can tell us what they mean. Well, Joseph knows that God's part is the interpreting the dreams. So he says, interpreting dreams is God's business. But tell me what your dreams are. Because he knew that not only was his job caring for these guys, but it was hearing from God the interpretation of the dreams and telling it to the chief cupbearer and the baker. And when he had told them the interpretations for their dreams, he said to the chief cupbearer, remember me when the Pharaoh takes you back and reinstates you in your position. That's sounding good, isn't it? This is encouraging, right? So the chief cupbearer gets called back three days later. The baker baker is killed, as the dream said he would be. The chief cupbearer is reinstated, as the dream said he would be. And you know what it says? It says he forgot all about Joseph. He never gave him another thought. Well, there it went. That was the chance to get out. 
But there's three parts, three P's. Pastor Jim would be proud of me. Three P's. Preparation. We talked about that. Position and presence. So there's the presence of God. There's the preparation that God is giving him. And there's the position. He's got to be there when the Pharaoh has his dreams. How is God going to keep him there? Well, he's doing well in prison because God is with him. He'll be there when Pharaoh has the dreams. It all makes sense. It's part of God's plan. PGP. So, Pharaoh has the dreams. The cupbearer remembers Joseph. He tells Pharaoh. Pharaoh calls on Joseph. Joseph looks to God. God interprets the dreams. The Pharaoh calls on Joseph to carry out the plan that God has given to save Egypt and to save Joseph and his family. You know how the story unfolds. God has done a wonderful mission through Joseph in a foreign country. Saved a lot of people. But it's Father's Day, right? So let's see what kind of a man his father was. Joseph's father. Jacob took advantage of his brother Esau. He bought the birthright, which, as I understand, it's not only about position, but it's about a greater inheritance. His brother came back from hunting, famished, starving, he says. And so Joseph buys the birthright for a bowl of stew. Joseph's mother, Rebecca, I mean Jacob's mother, Rebecca, excuse me, has this idea about the blessing when Isaac is getting old and, and approaching death. And she wants Jacob, not the oldest son Esau, but Jacob to have the blessing. I think she favored Jacob. They were closer. So she and Jacob come up with this plan to steal the blessing. And Jacob gets the blessing. Jacob sounds like the Hebrew word for deceiver. Jacob was sort of a deceiver. But the other part of it is that Things that Jacob wanted, the birthright, the blessing. He wanted to be blessed. He wanted to be blessed by God. When a father said a blessing on his son, it wasn't just a blessing from him to the son. It was a blessing that he was calling down from God or speaking for God on that son. And Jacob wanted that. He desired that. Well, Esau wasn't happy. So he plotted to kill Jacob after his father died. And mother, Rebecca, got wind of that. And she and Isaac then asked Jacob to go and find a wife. So Jacob is sent off to, to find his wife, Rachel. 
when Jacob leaves, he's gone a day's journey or, or so. I'm not sure if it's the first night or not. And that's where we, we get to the passage that is listed in the bulletin, Genesis 28. And this is where Jacob has his dream. Starting with verse 10 in chapter 28 of Genesis. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamt of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the, stop of, at the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and to the east, to the north and the south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What more am I with What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. The next morning, Jacob got up very early. He took the stone he had rested his head against, set it upright as a memorial pillar. Then he poured olive oil over it. He named that place Bethel, Bethel, which means house of God, although the name of the nearby village was Luz. Then Jacob made this vow, if God will indeed be with me and protect me in this journey, and if you'll provide me with food and clothing, and if I return safely to my father's home, then the Lord will certainly be my God. And this memorial pillar I have set up will become a place for worshiping God, and I will present to God a tenth of everything he gives me. We look at Jacob's dream. He was tired, had a rock for a pillow. He had a dream. I think of it as a dream that he probably wanted. It was a dream that he desired. And so on the one hand, you could say, well, is this just something he wanted so it came into his head? But on the other hand, I think when we look at it, we see that God has certainly given him this desire to be blessed, the desire for a blessing. It's a wonderful missionary blessing. God promises to use him and his descendants to bless all the earth. He named the place Bethel. He said, this is none other than the gateway to heaven. 
is a tremendous dream. Then in Genesis 32, we have the story about Jacob wrestling with God, fighting with God, wrestling, wrestling for a blessing. And finally, and I don't know, it's, it's a different kind of story. I don't, I don't, my mind doesn't wrap around wrestling with God very well. But he wrestles with God and he says, I won't let go till you give me a blessing. And he is blessed. God gives him a blessing. He has a passionate desire to be blessed by God. He may not have been sinless in all of his life, but he has a desire to be blessed by God. Later, he makes peace with Esau. Much, much later, when Joseph is in Egypt and the brothers come back and and he gives them food and they go back and finally they bring their father with them to Egypt, there's a warm reunion of the whole family. Later, when Jacob is dying, he blesses all of his sons. This is Father's Day. I, I thought about preaching on Father's Day. I've seen the movie, you may have seen it, Courageous. It's a powerful message about being a father or a mentor, a man of God. And I thought, where in the Bible is this stuff? I looked at Jacob and Joseph, and I wish there were more heartwarming stories about Jacob and his relationship with Joseph. There is the coat, which certainly angered the brothers, but it was certainly pointing to the great love that Jacob had for Joseph. Parenting has two parts. Just like life, just like um, planning, two parts, our part and the part that God does. I'm so thankful for all the times I had as a father, holding my kids when they were newborn babies, changing diapers at night, bedtime stories, playing games, swim meets and ball games, graduation, vacations, I treasure all of that very much. But before I was a father, I had a dream. I had a dream of sharing God's wisdom, sharing God's teaching. A dream that I could somehow give God's wisdom to people so that they could apply it to their lives, so it would change their lives because I had received that kind of teaching. So I went, I studied, I became a pastor. The first church I was in was a church that had been through some conflict. And it seemed when I got there that the conflict wasn't quite through yet. I don't like conflict. I know it has value, that out of conflict can come better, better things, that God can use it but I didn't like it. Then I was called to another church. It was a church, kind of a small church plant out west. 
and it didn't make it. So I was there for the church closing. These were valuable times, but I was discouraged, kind of felt like my dream was slipping away. I, I sent out a, an email a couple months ago, and I, I mentioned that not just because it felt like the dream was slipping away, but because I feel like the dream is going to be reborn. But my son picked up on that, and I got an email back. Sometimes when we send out emails to 100 or 200 people, we get a few back. Well, this one really made it worthwhile for all of them, I can say, as a father on Father's Day. Micah, my son, wrote, he said, Dad, your dream did not slip away. You passed it along to me. And in taking care of all those difficulties, you showed me by your example what it means to be a husband and, God willing, someday a father. We're very far apart, very different in many ways but I'm a better man for having you and mom as parents. I love you both. Now, I have allergies. Like my wife. Sometimes my eyes water. <laughs> so anyway, if I have allergies right now, you understand. <laughs> I think that dream has a place in the next chapter of my life as director of training for Asia Star. And here again, I see two parts. I see the part that I will need to play and that you can help me with. Praying. I'll need to study. I'll be scheduling trainings, helping to publicize them, having others teach, doing teaching, talking to people, listening to people talking to God, listening to God. But the other part is the part that I think is the most important. That the Lord will be with me and give success. That the Lord will make the classes, that the Lord will make Asia Star a blessing to the people of Laos. That it will strengthen the church, that it will draw people to God. That we will see there none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven, a place where many will be entering the kingdom of God. So God's dream that he gave me is still alive. And may God's dreams that he gives you be alive in you also. Thank you. Amen. Father God, I pray the blessing of the Holy One, the blessing of the living God. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord be the light to your feet. The strength in your bones. The fire in your spirit. In the name of Jesus, we go in his peace.